us remind ourselves of the words of Psalm 118, 22 to 24. The, the same stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. On this day the Lord has acted. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the second Sunday of Advent, and uh, what amazing and awesome readings we had today. It uh, certainly was no burden to try to think of a few things to comment on or preach about, just deciding which, uh, which direction to go. First, I wanted to point out in the collet that I prayed a few minutes ago, it's on the, uh, at the end of the worship sheet. Today's collet and last Sunday's collet, <clears throat> if you notice in the collet, there's usually one, one phrase that indicates what we're actually asking God for. And in both of these collets, that phrase is, give us grace. Last Sunday we prayed, Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. This Sunday we prayed, Merciful God, give us grace to heed the warnings of the prophets and forsake our sins, that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. <clears throat> so, the focus of part of the focus of Advent is to be reminded that it is grace. Of course, that's the purpose of every Sunday, in my opinion. But. <clears throat> It's definitely made clear through the collets uh, that those who, at least the the, uh, the ones who wrote these collets, perceived that grace was important. Just a uh, just a reminder that Advent is the purpose of the season of Advent is to re help us keep in mind to recall to our memory because. We are prone to wander, aren't we? We are prone to forget. <clears throat> and so the purpose of Advent is to remind us of, there's really three ways. We talk about two ways, the two comings of Christ, and that's true. But there's three ways that Christ comes into our lives. The first, of course, is the incarnation, when Christ came as, as the child to Mary. <clears throat> and then there's the second coming, when he'll be coming back again. But... He's also, he also comes every day. Christ comes into our hearts and lives every day as we invite him in. And so it's important that we remember that it's not just about the two bookends, but it's about it in the here and now. Christ is coming and abiding within us and with us. If we look at the Old Testament reading in Isaiah, <coughs> we see the phrase <clears throat> the stump of Jesse and uh, when we're reading scripture especially scriptures that we're not real familiar with it's easy to kind of skim over words and phrases and not really dwell on them and think about exactly what does this mean and what's it referring to and we know some of us might recognize the name Jesse. And we might remember that uh, he was the father of King David. 
<clears throat> but there's a there's a whole lot more going on, I believe, to uh, those that Isaiah prophesied to. Uh, <clears throat> in fact, if you look at it a little deeper, you're, you'll see that Jesse was the son of Obed. Obed was the son of Ruth and Boaz. So it was through... Oh, and, and Boaz, Boaz was the son of Rahab, right, that's right, Boaz was the son of Rahab the prostitute. So <clears throat> we have in, in this lineage, which is also repeated in, in the first chapter of Matthew when it gives the genealogy of Christ according to Matthew, he breaks it down into three sets of 14 generations. Uh, but he talks about uh, Rahab, and he talks about Ruth, and Jesse, and David. So when Isaiah is preaching or prophesying about the stump of Jesse, there was still a king reigning over Judah at that time. So he was... He was using that phrase in a prophetic manner. He was, he was prophesying that there's coming a time when the lineage, when the tree is going to be cut down, when there will be no longer a king in David's, uh, in his lineage reigning over Israel. He doesn't go into all the details here, but we know that, you know, the temple's destroyed and all the, all the Hebrews are taken in captivity to Babylon. So that phrase, the stump of David, at the time Isaiah prophesied it was was foretelling of a future event. But when we read it, it's easy to assume or to mistakenly assume that it was referring to what had what had already happened, because we have the advantage of being, you know, in present time. So <clears throat> the stump of uh, the stump of Jesse has a whole lot that you can unpack from it. It goes on to say that a shoot will come out of the stump. And, you know, growing up in Alabama, I'm familiar with things like wisteria and mimosa trees, which are basically weeds, in my opinion. And you can cut those suckers down and they'll keep coming back. And if you don't cut them down, then they'll keep popping up new sprouts until they take over the whole yard. <clears throat> but when we went to California, I learned that those giant sequoia trees, they also have this, this feature. You can cut down a sequoia tree all the way down to the ground and a new sprout will come out and it'll grow back. You know, centuries later, it'll be a giant sequoia again. So <clears throat> that's, that's the image that we have of this prophecy of Isaiah that the, out of the stump of Jesse, a new shoot will sprout. And of course, we're referring to the incarnation of Christ and the, his bringing the kingdom of God. In this particular passage from Isaiah, <clears throat> as we read it today, we realize that because he goes on to talk about this period of great peace, this time when, you know, the predator and the prey are laying down uh, peacefully together. 
and the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. Well, we can understand the sheet of, of the stump being Christ and him fulfilling that. But then it just jumps into this other description of that we don't we don't see that we haven't that hasn't yet occurred so we it's just a reminder that we're living in the now that we're after the incarnation of Christ we are in the kingdom of God the kingdom of God is here among us <clears throat> but we're also in the not yet there's coming a future fulfilling as the kingdom of God comes in fullness and actually it's being fulfilled more each day I believe. I believe as we, as we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into more knowledge and truth, uh, that the knowledge and power of the gospel is being more revealed in our own lives, and also it's being preached throughout the world. So it's being, it's being fulfilled, even though it could, we could easily <clears throat> fall into that trap of thinking, well, this world is getting worse and worse. And there, and some days it seems like it, especially if you watch or listen to read the news. Uh, but you got to also look for the good news. You got to also look for those stories of salvation and and those stories of miracles and those stories of redemption that are happening every day. Also, so <clears throat> we're living in the now but not yet period between. Uh, that sprout being coming into the world and the uh, the fulfillment of that being the incarnation but not yet uh, the second coming when Christ will set up his kingdom in fullness in the New Testament reading in Romans chapter 15 oh man wow what a what a passage this is at the end of the book of Romans and you know, after all this theological uh, expounding that Paul does in Romans, and also some practical things he gets into the last few chapters, he comes to the to kind of wrap things up. He says, uh, beginning in verse four, Romans fifteen: For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. So the purpose of the scriptures, that whatever was written in former days, that means the Old Testament and uh, whatever of the New Testament had been written when Paul wrote Romans, that these scriptures were written that that through the endurance of the scriptures. The scriptures themselves have endured. And that is a reason for hope. That the, just that the scriptures are still with us today. And we, we have, in fact, there's more and more manuscripts being discovered as archaeologists work. That just confirms the, the veracity and truth of the scriptures that we have. So the endurance of the scriptures and the encouragement that we get from reading and studying the scriptures give us hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another. The God of endurance and encouragement. So God himself 
perseveres and endures. He is, he is the rock upon which our faith is built. And I did a quick search on that phrase, the God of, and uh, it's like almost 400 times it shows up. And most of the time, especially in the Old Testament, it's talking about like the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of whoever patriarch it's referring to. But there are a few places where there are other descriptions added. And one of the one of the ones that uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but one of the ones that I really loved was in First Peter 5:10. It says, "After you have suffered a little while." the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. 1 Peter 5.10 The God of all grace. That would be a great way to start praying, start your prayer. Oh Father, God of all grace. <clears throat> but in Romans, Paul used the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another. Yeah, that, uh, that's a pretty good description of, uh, of my life. I, you know, I could pretty much get along with everybody. Is that right? Sandra's rolling her eyes. <laughs> that's, uh, <clears throat> that's probably not what most churches look like or families or relationships of any kind it's a struggle uh, but it's the goal it's the goal that we have to live in harmony with one another that we may together with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you so how has Christ welcomed us just as we are he says, come, come unto me. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. Jesus says, come. And, uh, you know, the picture of, the, of the, the prodigal father receiving the son back to himself that had, had been uh, in rebellion. Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised, that is, he became a servant to the Jews, those who were observing the law, to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. So Christ came first to the Jews in order to fulfill the scriptures and to fulfill all the pro pro uh, prophecies. But even in the Old Testament, and he quotes several passages from the Old Testament, and there's a couple of these things that Paul has in this section which are quotes of scripture which are not easily identifiable because he must be paraphrasing it. The first one says, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. I couldn't find any commentary or any identification for what, where Paul was quoting that passage from. Uh, but And then the next phrase is easily found. He says, and again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. Deuteron that's from Deuteronomy 32, 43. 
And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. That's from Psalm 117, verse 1. And again, Isaiah says, which we read from the Old Testament reading today, the root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. And well, that, just that first phrase is from Isaiah 11, chapter 1. The root of Jesse will come. But the rest of this phrase is a little more difficult to identify exactly what, where he's, he's getting this from. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. So there's a whole lot about hope in our readings today. This passage in Romans finishes with that verse that's in the prayer book uh, at the end of morning prayer. It's one of the one of the options to conclude the service of morning prayer. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And I love that verse. May the God of hope, Romans, uh, I forgot, what am I in? Romans 15, sorry. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. So what is hope? What is hope? In fact, we can go back to Romans chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. Paul gives a, a, a kind of an explana explanation, kind of building the foundation for this uh, emphasis on hope. Starting in verse 6, verse 16. That is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should be the father of many nations. As he has been told, so shall your offspring be. And he's referring to the promise made to Abraham. Even after uh, Sarah had gone well beyond the childbearing age, he promised that it would be through his son uh, that he would bless him and, the, and all the nations of the earth would be blessed through his children. So that's the hope that Abraham had. In hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. Uh, continuing in Romans chapter 5 verses 1 to 6. Therefore since we have been justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Through Christ we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope 
does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. While we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. <clears throat> what a wonderful uh, assurance of grace uh, that it doesn't depend upon us that regardless of, of where we find ourselves God is, is inviting us to come to Him. In Romans 8 and there's another passage that, that includes a discussion of hope. Romans 8, starting in verse 18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the, for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation Thank you. 
some of the fear of God poured into them as they heard 
does it, especially in this this reading from Romans, that Paul was wanting to make sure the church knows that, that Jesus did come and fulfill all prophecies. And some of those prophecies were declared several hundred years before his incarnation. He's, incur he's encouraging those that he wrote to know those who were alive when he wrote it into us today to persevere through whatever hardships and trials come our way. Because he will fulfill his promise. Jesus is going to fulfill all the promises that have yet to be fulfilled. He will be coming back. And he will establish his kingdom over all the earth. So, it's about grace, it's about faithfulness, it's about God being at work to fulfill his plan and the hope that we have and the hope that can carry us through whatever circumstances we come our way from day to day. So just in closing, I want to read one more time those precious verses from Romans 15. Whatever was written in former days May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Jesus Christ, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you to the glory of God. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, Stand together and declare a common faith in the Nazi Creed.